MSW Media. News was wearing daily beans, daily beans, daily beans, daily beans. Hello. Welcome to the Daily Beans for Thursday, January 21st, 2021. Today, Biden signs executive orders in the Oval Office. In his final hours as president, Trump rescinds the rules barring White House staff from lobbying for five years. Trump pardons Bannon, Erickson and Broidy, among others. And Donald actually left a note for Joe Biden in the Resolute desk, though we don't know the details yet. I'm A.G. And I'm Dana Goldberg. What a day. Oh, my gosh. Amazing. Amazing. I mean, obviously, we're recording this and we're still blissfully high <laughs> on Wednesday. Uh, and it is still your birthday in this very moment. So I hope that you have had a wonderful day. Yes, everything they did at the Capitol for my birthday today was wonderful. Um, yeah, they really did just roll out the red carpet for you, didn't they? They did. They went all out. Uh, and, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the inauguration. We're going to talk about some of the other things that are going on. And... Um, Oh, there's just there's so much to get to. And then later in the show, I'm going to be talking to Rachel Vindman to see how the Vindmans are doing today. I have a feeling they're doing good. So uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward forward to that as well. So uh, let's uh, let's do it. Let's just jump in. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. So let's talk about the inauguration because it was absolutely incredible. I, I we, you know, we're, we're here on the West Coast. So this started at eight o'clock in the morning for us. Right. And Kamala was sworn in at eight thirty and then Joe was sworn in at like eight forty five. Um, and it went by really fast. Everything seemed to be on schedule, but it was such an incredible ceremony. It was just beautifully done. I'm glad they did it outside, you know, because we were worried. Remember, absolutely. We, we were like, of course. Yes. I think the country know, she, needed to see this. I really do. Yeah, and I'm so glad that they that they did that, um, and that it went off without a hitch. So thanks to the National Guardsmen and the and the active duty troops who kept everyone safe, and the and the the police, the you know, I everyone in law enforcement, federal and local, at the D.C. level and at the federal level, um, everything seemed very secure, very safe, and um, I. I I'm, I, we're all very happy about that. Not to mention Senator Klobuchar. I mean, let's plan some yes. weddings and produce the Oscars. Well done. <laughs> I know. Well done, Senator. Yeah, her and uh, I think her the chair there was Roy Blunt. Um, but she was incredible. Just what a what an amazing woman. And um, I thought her announcements and her introductions were on point. Everything was on schedule. She can she can manage my stage anytime. Absolutely. Uh, so let's um, let's talk about some of the highlights of today. First of all, I want to talk about Amanda Gorman, the yes, please first National Poet Laureate, youngest Poet Laureate, and her amazing work that she did today. And you have worked with her before, right? I did. I had the pleasure of introducing her at a virtual gala for the National Center for Lesbian Rights, the NCLR, um, back in April when we first kind of went into COVID uh, lockdown a month into it. We went virtual and she had recorded a poem and uh, it was just beautiful. It was beautiful. The, the NCLR has their first African-American uh, president, a wonderful woman. And uh, they had a very diverse program. And I got to hear her for the first time. She is just outstanding. And I don't know if you saw this. I just did. Uh, she just tweeted out both of her books are number one and number two on Amazon after the inauguration. So you can actually get more of her writing immediately, uh, if not sooner. 
Yeah, and and I I've already actually ordered mine. Um, well done, f- uh, audio. Um, and I'm looking forward to that. I do want to get them in print. There's something about having them in print too. But what an incredible poet and. Um, so young. She's 23. Is that right? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. Just incredible. And from what I understand, she was about halfway done with her poem, her inaugural poem, when the insurrection happened. And so you can kind of feel that when, when she was delivering the poem, you can sort of tell when that moment happened. And I think that that made the not just the delivery but the actual the body of work at the piece of work itself just so real and relevant yeah absolutely i mean it was just it was such an incredible moment um you know and there's some people with amazing senses of humor on twitter that are like when she finishes this haiku i need her to drop her her skincare regimen because she's just <laughs> i'm like her skincare regimen is that she is a youthful 23 year old woman <laughs> um but she beautiful and the the yellow you know the yellow suit jacket and uh the coat uh, it was just <laughs> All of it was, I mean, I feel like I'm still floating. I feel such joy today, AG. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was absolutely incredible. She was she was wonderful. And I know that Chris Murphy, Senator Murphy, had, had tweeted out a video from it from having been there. And he was like, I hope that this hit everyone at home as, much, as, as hard as it hit here live. And it did. I feel like it did. Now, of course, I didn't see it live. But of course, yeah. I mean, it was just an incredible moment. And I'm so... You're like like you. I'm just so inspired and so full of hope. Um, I think there's some interesting things when uh, Mike Pence was introduced, <laughs> and you know, because they introduced the past presidents, and uh, you know, Obama then gets this, and 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 Mrs. Mrs. Obama get this huge round of applause, and they're like, and the Vice President Mike Pence and mother, and everyone's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But he actually snubbed Donald Trump's farewell event. And have I don't know if you've seen the pictures going around social media of, of the Trump children in tears at that event. Oh, I have. I've seen video. Yep. Um, I have. Yeah. Yeah. But that was not covered on the media. Nobody was there. And I'm so I'm actually really, really proud of the media today. No one's talking about Donald. No one's talking about his farewell. No one's talking about his pardons, even though they just dropped last night. Yep. Uh, and I'm sure they'll pick that up again because there were some big names in there. Um, just to go over a few, somebody, you know, people that are going to be very familiar to folks who uh, listen to this show and who also listened to Mueller, she wrote. But Broidy was pardoned, as was Erickson, which was Maria Butina's um, Beauty and the Beast boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, of course, uh, Bannon, who, who you know, did that scam with the, you know, we build the wall and scammed Trump supporters out of their money yep. and paid him and his four rich friends like bought, bought a yacht and paid for their mortgages and stuff with that money. So he's been pardoned as well. Uh, although there were some names um, missing from the pardon list, including Rudy Giuliani. Um, and we know a couple days ago, Rudy Giuliani's like, I won't be representing the president in his impeachment trial because I'm a I'm a a witness when he's actually a subject of the investigation. (laughs) But but I know that that they just had a falling out and Trump won't pay him. And they're just they're two giant assholes being pissy assholes to one another. And I and hey, it's like, okay, um, that's fine with me. And so now he Giuliani didn't get a pardon and none of the kids uh, got one and Trump didn't pardon himself. And of course, there's talk of secret pardons and pocket pardons. 
um, you know, that we might not know about. Uh, I'm sure we'll learn more about that in the coming days, but I don't really want to talk about that today. We can, yeah. go, we can go into it tomorrow. I'm fine. Yep. Let's leave it. Let's leave him out of our mouth. So Pence comes out. Um, and then, you know, honestly, it was it was great because everyone else was there. Right. And um, I know that I had heard this morning that Dick Cheney actually had put out a statement that he was very proud of what Liz Cheney had done, you know, when she came out and spoke out against the president, number three Republican in the House. Um, but, yeah, we had uh, Bush was there and um uh, all of the, you know, most of the Republican Senate, Ted Cruz was there and he had a come take it mask on, which is. I don't even understand why the fuck he was allowed there when he tried to literally destroy our democracy two weeks ago and was part of encouraging the insurrection on the Capitol. The fact that he wasn't even allowed to step on those grounds is just, that was infuriating to me. Yeah. And it says so much about Joe Biden too, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like his his graciousness and the graciousness of the of this new first family and second family and uh we also learned that uh apparently trump did leave a note in the resolute desk biden was asked about it today we'll get we'll get to his executive orders here in a moment but uh biden was asked about it and he said well it was uh it was Nice. It was a nice note. I'm not going to tell you what was in it because I haven't I don't have basically I don't have permission. I'll talk to Trump and see if he'll let me tell you it was his personal note. But it was it was nice. So that's all we know um, <laughs> about that. But we know that the picture of uh, Andrew Jackson that used to uh, sit beside the Resolute Desk for Trump uh, has now been replaced by Ben Franklin. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've got already the pictures up. But it, they've, they've already made it very much their home. And I'm I love it. Um, then after, well, let's talk more about the inauguration, but, you know, after they left to go to Arlington and I guess all the past presidents and Joe Biden, like recorded a little video that I guess we'll see later tonight. And of course, Jimmy Carter couldn't be there because of health concerns, but I mean, if it wasn't health concerns, I would just assume he was building a house because that's what he does at 98 or however old he is, which is just incredible with stitches in his face and a broken hip. He's out there building houses for Habitat for Humanity. I do hope he's okay, though. I think, yeah, he's, he's all right. Um, it's just, you know, because of COVID and the of concerns. There were, there were a few people who, who couldn't make it because of health concerns, and he's one of them. Um, all right, well, let, me, let me take a quick break, um, and we'll be right back. I want to finish talking about this. I want to talk about the musical performances and, and of course, Biden's speech. So uh, stick around, everybody. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey everybody, it's AG for The Daily Beans. Healthy snacks have a very bad reputation because, let's be honest, they don't taste very good, they don't fill you up, and they don't satisfy your cravings. Today's episode of the podcast is sponsored by Monk Pack, and they have cracked the code when it comes to making snacks that taste amazing, have close to no sugar, and fill you up. Monk Pack Keto Nut and Seed Bars. They contain less than one gram of sugar, two to three grams of net carbs, and they're only 150 calories. They're great for anyone following a keto lifestyle and the perfect snack for anyone who wants to eat better or cut back on sugar and carbs. I've been trying to eat better, but I get hung up on the snacks. I love snacks. But since I have the Monk Pack Keto Nut and Seed Bars around, it's really helped. They have the perfect balance of sweet and salty and crunch from whole nuts and seeds, but they still manage to be soft and chewy. They're just delicious. And they come in flavors like pecan almond and sea salt, sea salt dark chocolate and peanut butter dark chocolate. My favorite is the peanut butter dark chocolate. It's just 
well, it's peanut butter and dark chocolate. It's delicious. Anyway, it hits the spot. They're packed with protein, so they fill you up and they're satisfying. Perfect quick snack to indulge your sweet tooth without any guilt. And not only are they keto-friendly, they're gluten-free and plant-based and non-GMO. They have no soy, no trans fats, no sugar alcohols, no artificial flavors. So you can enjoy Monk Pack Keto Nut and Seed Bars while working, running errands, put a couple in my little fanny pack when I go on a run. I love them. So try it for yourself and you'll see. I have a special deal for you. Right now you can get 20% off your first purchase of any Monk Pack products by visiting monkpack.com and entering our code dailybeans at checkout so again go to monkpack.com that's m-u-n-k-p-a-c-k.com and select any product enter the code dailybeans and at checkout you'll save 20 percent off your purchase monk pack good food you can count on and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast all right everybody welcome back dana and i are talking about the incredible inauguration today tell me your thoughts i thought this was one of the best national anthems oh I, I still love Whitney Houston's 1984. That's about the only person that could sing, I think, in my opinion. Or maybe Adele. Don't know. But Lady Gaga. My goodness. That dress that she was wearing was amazing. And uh, she looked incredible. She had that big uh, swallow uh, on her, you know, the, the pin, the, I guess, I don't know. What do you call that? Lapel pin? I mean, Lape- I don't know. It was huge. It was, I don't, yeah, it's not really a lapel. She's wearing it. I don't know. It was beautiful. Yeah, and she, she, I love when she put in some rhythm in there. Like she she put in some uh, soul, if you will, into that national anthem on a couple of that when she uh, was singing. Um, she's just so good. She really is just so good, and I love that she was there. And Garth, I mean, I I, I don't know if you're a country music fan, Ag. I'm huge. Garth was actually my first concert uh, that I ever okay. went to in my life. He's <laughs> you said okay. Okay, like that's a little surprising, Goldberg, but okay. Um, yeah, he. Um, I love that he was there. You know, we had talked about this earlier. It, it bothers me. I think a lot of people thought it was a, ner- a nod to conservatives and, you know, trying to reach across the aisle. And if you follow Garth Brooks, Garth Brooks has been writing about same-sex equality and LGBTQ rights and women's rights in his songs since before it was acceptable in country music. He has always been an advocate. Um, and chose not to perform at Donald's inauguration. Um, he said, you know, wanted to stay neutral or for, you know, personal reasons. He had no problem coming and performing here. So mm-hmm. it was good, too. I got the chills for he sang. He came out and sang Amazing Grace. And I thought was great was the Marine Band trumpet player gave him an intro and then he just took it a cappella. I mean, it's exactly He's a very talented performer. He's one of the best entertainers I think I've ever seen, not just a performer. When he puts on a show, he puts on a show. Yeah, and I've heard that. I think he's he's like considered one of the greatest, if not the greatest entertainers. Um, and it, he just, he did wonderfully today. And I thought it was, I thought he did a really good job. And then, of course, J-Lo comes out looking like Hamilton in heaven. Oh, my goodness. With her, and she just looked beautiful and and. That was amazing as well. These are just great, incredible performances that just had to stick in the craw of Trump, who can only get like Scott Bayo and Ted Nugent, you know? Right. I mean, come on. I mean, it's Lady Gaga's no kid rock, but she could hold her own. You know what I mean? Uh, true, true. I mean, it's hard to compete with like Vanilla Ice, but I think Lady, I mean, if anyone can stop. do it, Lady Gaga can yeah, do it. Just stop, collaborate, and listen, AG. Well, Lady Gaga <laughs> waxed a chump like a candle. Yeah. Um, now, I want to ask you about what you thought of Biden's speech, because he he, he came up, delivered um, what I thought was a quintessential Joe Biden speech. And I thought it was 
perfect. What I don't well, per, I don't mean to say perfect, but I thought it was what we needed to hear. I think it was perfectly imperfect for the times we were living in. And I said this with the, you know, the happy hour with the patrons and I just want to reiterate it that I think we have an ageism problem in this country because of Joe's age and he is he's an older man. Um if that speech was given by, let's say, a JFK or someone in their 40s or someone in their 50s, it would be revered very differently. But for some reason, you know, they're like, oh, you know, it's so nice to have a boring, a boring president. I'm like, that wasn't a boring speech. If you if your levels of excitement are a 12, which they have been in the chaos we've been in for the last five years, even the year before the election. Um, well, then, yeah, this probably feels boring to you. But to me, it was quite soothing. I think it was poignant. Um, I, it was hopeful. It was compassionate. It was full sentences and proper grammar. Like it was to me, it was a wonderful, wonderful speech. Yeah. And he raised the concept of, of stomping out white supremacy. I've never heard any uh, president mention in their inaugural speech, the problem, the plague of white supremacy and systemic Systemic racism. racism. Absolutely. Absolutely. I thought that was a very important moment. And then of course he highlighted the, uh, the, also the importance of truth and facts yeah and the uh the problems we have in this country with disinformation and i was like wow it's i i'm amazed that these things are being talked about in an inaugural address i thought it was really well done a couple of standout lines were where he said let's end the uncivil war yeah um i thought that was big and when when he talked about when he was uh Invoking Lincoln, uh, saying my whole soul is in this when when Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation and said, if, if history remembers me, it'll be for this. And my whole soul is in this. And that's how he talked about the importance of of dealing with white supremacy, extremism, domestic terrorism and systemic racism and, and you know, injustice and, and dealing with covid and dealing with trying to unify the country after it, you know. Uh, this past president tried to just decimate our institutions and our belief and our dignity in one and and uh, a compassion for one another. And he's he's like, that's where my whole soul is. And I thought that that was a, a pretty big moment. Absolutely. Beautiful, beautiful moment. And then talked about how we don't always know the hand that fate will deal us. Right. And if anybody understands... <laughs> about the hand that fate deals you it's it's going to be joe biden and if and if anybody can move forward with purpose after tragedy and understands the concept of healing uh i think i think he's definitely one of the top contenders for that job well said absolutely i agree with you 100 percent. yeah especially after the tragedy uh, when he was young to lose his wife and daughter in, in a car accident and then the loss of, of Bo Biden. Uh, and everyone wanted to know, where's Hunter? Well, he was there today. Yeah, he sure we found Hunter. I know where Hunter is. Yeah. Walking into the White House after his dad, the new president, <laughs> walked in. I mean, it, it was it was just beautiful. I, I just, I'm still floating. I really am. I'm just grateful. And then he, I mean, basically... Uh, the press pool is going to have to get back in shape because these guys walking everywhere and they're like, oh my God, we haven't moved this fast in four years. <laughs> walk, walk and talk. Oh shit. Uh, oh, you can use ramps and stairs. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was a nice touch too that at the end of the motorcade, they exited the car, the family exited the car and walked 
to the White House, walked the rest of the way into the White House. He stopped to speak to reporters, thanking reporters for the job that they do, um, which is just such a contrast to the way Trump treated reporters, especially black women reporters. Um, and then, of course, Biden stopped and said hello, uh, like stopped along the parade route to uh, talk to the mayor, Mayor Bowser, for, for a moment, which I thought was a, a nice moment. It was just really beautiful. And then they stop, take some photos, walk into the White House. And what does he do? He immediately goes into the Oval Office, sets his photos up, takes down Andrew Jackson, boom, puts up Ben Franklin, and then pulls out a bunch of executive orders and starts signing them. He signed yes. 17 executive orders today. Boom, we're back in the Paris Agreement. Yep, three on television. <laughs> He's, uh, the, the three that he signed on TV were requiring masks and social distancing where he has authority to do that, which is like federal travel and federal commerce and federal buildings and stuff like that. Federal, you know, um, federal government employees and, and all that. And then... He signed, got us right back into the Paris Climate Accord, and then uh, signed uh, uh, executive order to support for underserved communities. And and he used a normal pen. He didn't use a Sharpie. I know. He did. I mean, but does an executive order even count if you don't hold it up like you just learned how to read in first grade to the teacher? <laughs> yeah, like you're reading the goat book you know, oh my god <laughs> that bush was reading yeah he none of that none of showing the executive order like it's story time and uh use a regular pen it was and he was like all right that's it i've signed these i'm gonna i've got more to do see you guys later and and that was it and then we're gonna have a press briefing later today what with the with the press secretary in the press briefing room i know unbelievable I mean, I'm actually, I'm going to start watching the press conferences again. Yeah, Jen Psaki is awesome. And so it'll be, it'll be great to see. So today was a good day and we're, we're going to focus on that and uh, we're going to continue a little bit later. I'm going to talk to Rachel Vindman about her, how her day went for her and, and the Vindman family. Um, and uh, I know that they're celebrating as well. It's just a... Just a wonderful day. We can exhale. We can sleep tonight. Indeed. And I'm going to, I, I, like I, I told you, I haven't really been drinking, but I had a nice delivery from a friend and I'm going to have a little bit of tequila tonight and relax. I did an event. I recorded a small video for a human rights campaign event that's actually going to be starting at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 Eastern, um, and with just for equality. So uh, if anyone's interested in that, Oh, you, they won't hear this. They won't hear this. I hope that if you watched it, it was wonderful. Uh, but that's what I'm going to be doing when we're done recording. That's really funny. I had a little moment. <laughs> I do it all the time. If you have a time machine, check us out yesterday. Hilarious. Uh, all right. And uh, so after Vinman, you and I will be back for the good news. Everybody stick around. Hey, everybody, it's AG, and this portion of Daily Beans is brought to you by Magic Spoon. If you're a cereal lover like me, you have to give Magic Spoon a try. I am a cereal connoisseur myself. As a kid, it was my favorite food. I could eat a whole box as a meal uh, watching Saturday morning cartoons. But as an adult, I've had to give it up because of the, you know all the sugar and chemicals, but not Magic Spoon. It has brought me back to my love of cereal because it's delicious. You will not believe it's made without all the sugar and carbs, and it's actually good for you. Truly, it's so good for you, you won't believe it's healthy. And Forbes magazine says, with cereal that tastes this good and offers so much nutritional value as opposed to, well, none, Magic Spoon may be the future of breakfast. Magic Spoon cereals have zero sugar, amazingly, zero sugar, 12 grams of protein, and only three net grams of carbs in each serving. It is keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, high-protein, and GMO-free. And the best part, it is delicious. With four amazing flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry, you will take a trip down memory lane. It is incredible. It's 
seems too good to be true, but it's not. My favorite flavor right now, I'm on Frosted. I've moved to Frosted this week. It's delicious. Uh, I even have it as a, a like a dessert treat or like a s- snack on it dry. It's guilt-free. It's amazing. So go to magicspoon.com slash dailybeans. Grab a variety pack. You can try all four flavors today. And be sure to use promo code dailybeans at checkout to get free shipping. Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it is backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they will refund your money, no questions asked. And so if you go to magicspoon.com slash dailybeans and use code dailybeans for free shipping, then it's totally risk-free. And we thank Magic Spoon for sponsoring this podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back. Joining me today is Rachel Vinman. Rachel, how are you? How is you? How are you and your family doing today? I, elated. Um, you know, we... It's. I think I put on Twitter that today passed, surpassed my expectations. It's just been amazing. And we are thrilled and relieved. I don't, I don't think I will ever take that uh, feeling of relief for granted again, because it feels like every step and criminal steps as we've had in this journey has led to more safety and security for my family. Yeah. And I know yesterday um, I was feeling hopeful, but also just unsure, insecure about what was going to happen today. I don't know if we, any of us knew what we were expecting today. And I think when we got what we got, I was just absolutely floored. I thought it was incredible and beautiful and moving. And I saw that you had tweeted that, uh, yes, we stood up in our, in our family room when um, Lady Gaga sang the national anthem and they did the Pledge of Allegiance, which was beautifully done. Uh, and so tell me about that moment. Tell me what that was like. Well, they said, you know, please stand for the invocation. Um, It was a beautiful prayer. And then, you know, we listened to Lady Gaga sing with our hands on our hearts and, um, you know, all joined in in the Pledge of Allegiance. And, you know, later we sang along with uh, my fellow Oklahoman, Garth Brooks, Um, as (laughs) as he sang. I mean, we, we can't sing like him, but it was just such a beautiful moment and um you know it just felt like we finally made it um I don't think I expected either one of us expected any violence today or silliness at the ceremony itself it was just a relief to finally pass that goal line it's done it's official Joe Biden is in the Oval Office working and you know, we can have a little bit of celebration, but it's time to get back to work. And his address was just amazing. It was healing. Um, it was hopeful. We need hope right now. And I thought he just addressed so many of the things that Alex and I have talked about and, you know, hoped for our nation as we, you know, come out of this, come out of a year of a pandemic of um, and, and, you know, on top of everything else that's happened over the past four years, but he did a really a great job and was very inclusive for, you know, for me, for including the things that I would have hoped for him to address in his speech. Yeah. And he wasted no time getting right back to work uh, because we are now uh, actually, as you and I speak, Jen Psaki is finishing up her first official press briefing in the press briefing room with the press. It's amazing. And um, she has said she's going to be doing it Monday through Friday, not Saturday and Sunday, she said, because I'm not a monster and I'm (laughs) quoting her. Um, But some of first of all, she went over 
the the 15 executive orders that Biden signed as soon as he left the inauguration and was sworn in and then and and um, after Kamala was sworn in and everybody went to the White House, he signed a bunch of executive orders, uh, ceasing the pipeline, um, ceasing drilling in the Arctic refuge, um, rejoining the climate, the Paris Climate Accord, uh, putting a moratorium on student loans again and student loan interest and putting a moratorium on evictions and foreclosures, uh, ban- the, uh, undoing the Muslim ban, which she, which Jen Psaki called it the Muslim ban. She didn't mince any words. Uh, and, and there were so many other things. I can't remember them all, but uh, it, uh, it was truly incredible. Big day of work. And she took all, the, she fielded all the press's questions. And then she said, look, our focus here is to bring truth back to this room which is, a, uh, I think, kind of some shade at the past press secretaries um, and said, you know, that she and, and Joe Biden and this administration appreciate and care very deeply about what the press does and think it's, it's the fourth estate. It's a very important thing. Right. And so she says, you're not going to always like what I say. We're going to disagree, but I'm going to tell you the truth. And we're, that's how we're going to combat disinformation. So I thought. The through line from Biden's speech about disinformation and and what he wants to do in the first 100 days to walking there, to going and signing the executive orders, to giving a press briefing and talking about it, I thought was just a lovely chef's kiss on the end of the day. Absolutely. It was I I caught a little bit of it. Alex went over some of the executive orders. He was reading them to me. I was making dinner. We were discussing it. And, you know, another thing that President Biden and I love saying that, President Biden. <laughs> One of the things he sent out a note to the people at the White House and said, if you work for me and you're disparaging one of your colleagues, you're fired. And that is just incredible. It's not this cutthroat, you know, um, just all this palace intrigue and who's going to be in, who's going to be out. And, you know, yes, there is competition professionals, there's often competition between them. But you can still work in a way, in a respectful way and respect your colleagues. There's no reason to disparage them. Um, There are so many qualified individuals that are going to work today for the Biden administration. And because of that, I will sleep well tonight. Not just because we have a new president, because these are people who are subject matter experts. They are committed to serving the United States. Yeah. And I, 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 I can't even imagine what it must have been like for, um, for Alex to, to have heard that if you, if you disparage your coworkers, you're fired because we know what you and your family have gone through. Right. Well, yeah. And I mean, this week, um, secretary McCarthy, who, uh, Secretary of the Army, Ryan McCarthy, who resigned today. That was, uh, I did not realize that was going to happen. I didn't know that. Uh, you're, yeah. you're breaking news with me right now. <laughs> he did. He did. He, he did resign. And just Monday, as uh, we were running to Aaron on the way home, he received a, a message from someone who told him that uh, Barbara Starr had just tweeted that Secretary McCarthy had said something about Alex and uh, had been asked about the investigation and blah, blah, blah. I won't get into the details, but it all stemmed from a colleague who made 
an allegation about Alex. He wouldn't go on the record because it wasn't true. But this went on forever. And they kept saying, Mark Meadows, all these people kept saying, you have to investigate it. And the army said, well, give us some evidence. And there was none. He wouldn't even say under oath or in a deposition. But this was the environment that was created in the Trump administration. It was cutthroat. It was competitive in a different way. It was jockeying to see who could have the president's ear. That's not a democracy. That's not what we have. That's not people working together to advance the interests of the United States. That's people working to advance their own interests. And really what it boils down to is power and finances. I and and to me it was just, you know, a great thing to hear that this is how he expects people who work for him to conduct themselves and to behave. I mean, yeah, and and it was so hurtful to those of us who work in the government or have worked in the government to see that kind of atmosphere because you know I w- when I was liaising to the Department of Defense for for Veterans Affairs GS14 um in a building full of you know a bunch of GS14s 15s and a bunch of colonels lieutenant colonels captains and we had a lot of very strong disagreements but it was always sir or ma'am or lieutenant colonel or admiral or uh, Mrs. or Mr. or Doctor and and cordialness and professionalism and everyone had the same goal and we knew that and we were aligning our missions. We just had sort of different ways of getting there. But there was never a there was never a I'm gonna get rid of that person. I'm gonna ruin that person's life. I'm gonna disparage that person and, and make their life miserable for the next year or two or there was n- none of that. It was it wasn't even a consideration that adults would act that way, uh, particularly in service of the American people. So it's what a relief and and just today must be um, for y'all. So I'm very excited. And finally, uh, it just this news just came in. Um, while Jen Psaki was in the press briefing room, we have our first official Senate confirmed nominee from Biden. It is the director of national intelligence, Avril Haines. So she's going to be taking over there. Robert Mueller called this position probably the single most important tool to combat Russian interference in our elections. Uh, and so I was wondering, uh, as a national security hobbyist yourself, <laughs> what you th- what you thought of finally having an experienced and somebody experienced in, in intelligence at the helm of our intelligence agencies? Well, it shows that we're serious, that we mean we're back. The United States is back. And we're putting professionals in. And if you want to do us harm, you better watch out. We will rebuild our alliances. Putting people in with experience shows our allies that it's back to business as normal and that we're serious about it. You know, we had people in positions that had no right to be there and our allies knew it. And it, you know, was the same as any other, you know, sort of meritocracy, I guess, you you know, it was, they saw these people and they knew that they weren't serious. They knew they didn't know what they were doing. Um, so I think most of all, having professionals return to these positions is a big signal. And it's a huge statement from the Biden administration from day one, we are only going to put qualified individuals into these positions. And 
I mean, it's, it makes us all safer. Yeah, it does. It, it does. You know, I mean, I look, I understand why this idea caught on with, um, you know, drain the swamp and, you know, the unelected bureau, what was it? Radical unelected bureaucrat. Um, I know why these ideas cut on. It's from people who don't understand how government works. And, you know, we've, we've done a bad job of educating people. Um, but at the end of the day, these are the people who do the work from administration to administration, year to year, and they are the continuity. They have the, the institutional knowledge. When Alex went to work at the Pentagon, he went to work for someone who'd been there for, you know, I don't, he's GS-15, I can't remember how many years he'd been there. He couldn't have, Alex was a very talented officer, but he couldn't have done the work he did without someone with the institutional knowledge of the joint staff. That just takes time. And this person knew that. So these jobs are really important. So we've, we've got to dispel this notion that people who come to Washington and stay for a long time are bad. They're not. They're public servants who dedicate their lives. I was at a dinner party, um, actually at Ambassador and Mrs. Taylor's house, and sitting next to, um, and I'm sorry, I don't remember his name, but um, he testified, he worked for OMB. And he testified at OMB and he was, he is an amazing and fascinating man. And it was such a lovely evening. And I remember walking away thinking he could never leave OMB. No one will ever, ever want to do the job like he does. And I am so glad he's there and that he wants to do it. And this is what people don't understand. And I think regular Americans need to understand. Yes, there's a lot of people here in the D.C. area that work in government. They work for them. And they are very serious about their jobs. It cannot be, you, you cannot learn this stuff in a couple of weeks. And they need to stay there. Yeah. And and it's the way the government's built, right? It took it me 12 years to get to the place that I was yes, at. Yes, and, and you need that 12 years of experience to bring it with you. But I do think a lot of Americans learned about that kind of serve, like servant leadership and government service when we watched the impeachment hearings, when you see people like Fiona Hill and Masha Ivanovich and, and, and your husband Alex and like testifying, talking about their jobs, the, the, the folks over at OMB who were pushed aside and had somebody else shoved in to, to make mm -hmm. memos and, and cover up the fact that the stuff was, that the money was being diverted, the appropriated money was being diverted and uh, I think when we when we listened and, and watched those people testify, a, a lot of us got a sense of why those many, many, many years in service are important and not only important, but vital to the functioning of the government. And w when it breaks down, I you know, people kind of got a taste of what happens when when it breaks down like that. And, I you know, I think it's so important. Absolutely. You know, there was one night that we. It was after Alex had testified twice, and um, it was in December of 2019. And we went to a uh, two holiday parties. Um, and on the way home, I said, "My goodness, this is a fascinating evening." And you know, we had we had discussed that I really wanted him to leave the NSC at that point. So I'm like, "Why are you going there every day?" As a as his wife, as his partner. I just felt like I was sending him into the lion's den every day because I knew what they were doing to him and they were watching him. And I was just, and the, he would get bad looks in the hall. 
lots of people weren't like that, but lots of people were. And I just hated sending him them every day. And I said, this was just a great evening. He said, do you see why I love it? Do you see what I want? These are the people I get to work with every day. They're fascinating. They're you know, amazing public servants. They have, they can do a lot of other things and make a lot of money, but they choose to work in the government. And I was like, well, you got me. I mean, I, I, I totally see what you mean. I mean, it was when he says it was, you know, the privilege of his lifetime working with NSC. It was the job he wanted for five years and he loved every single minute of it because of the people that he got to work with. And, and I just want to go back. I, I, I looked at a message that a friend, um, it was a colleague of his and he sent me, um, he and Alex all the time didn't see eye to eye on things, but I had sent, uh, he sent me a message and I referenced that times when I know uh, they didn't get along. And he said, and this is just great. Much respect and admiration emerges from locking horns once in a while. Grit leavened with integrity is a virtue. And just that is, that was just so powerful to me. It's okay, like you said, to disagree, but we need to do it with civility and we need to do it with an eye to make our nation better and ourselves better and work for that common goal. And I guess, as I said, I mean, I feel like we have a president and administration that's working for the American people. I, I said it before, the presidency is about service. It's not about personal gain. And I think that is what has returned to the White House today. Well, it was wonderful to watch. Well, grit leavened with integrity is a virtue. That's amazing. I'm using that. I'm stealing it. Um, what an incredible concept. And I'm so glad that it's it's returned to our government, to our country, and Absolutely. that that is what the world is seeing. It's so important that we put that out front. I know somebody had asked Jen Psaki today if, if, if Joe Biden, President Biden, was planning on calling Putin. And she's like, um, we're going to call our allies. Mm -hmm. We're going to call <laughs> Trudeau first. And, you know, I'm, I'm sort of tongue in cheeking it mm -hmm. a little bit for her. But she's like, well, you know, we reserve the right to respond to solar, this, you know, the um, the solar winds hack. But um, we're going to call our allies. Mm -hmm. We're going to build our allyship right now and I was like yeah right yeah I mean <laughs> they'll still be there Putin will still be ready to take his call yeah. I can almost guarantee you that's not mm -hmm. gonna go away um he'll be available when he's not jumping in ice cold water I don't really know what that was about a couple days ago uh, for epiphany <laughs> but you know I, that's not what we that's not what matters right now and I thought she handled that really admirably is let's stop talking about this nonsense stuff let's get back to it's we're not going to have sensational press conferences okay we're not going to talk about a bunch of stupid things we're going to handle like you know and she also didn't read her notes out of a binder so there was that also yeah she she um was extremely prepared it was wonderful well thank you so much for for taking some time to talk to yeah. me today it's an incredible day um and i'm so glad that you have had it's like it's just like our first happy day in so long and I'm so glad that you, you you're spending it with your family tell them all I say hello I will they're actually all downstairs we had dinner together a celebratory dinner and Eugene and Cindy are here and their kids and then we're gonna watch a little bit of the show that's on um I guess at 8 30 here on the east coast so um yeah we're 
pretty exciting people. Um, just <laughs> letting you have know, a glimpse of them. And it's not, it's not like, you know, uh, super exciting, but um, it's regular. <laughs> no, but that's a room full of, that's a room full of heroes down there. And, uh, you know, a lot of the same kind of um, work and integrity and grit that inspired me to do what I did in government service. And, and so please extend our, our thanks. I, I can say that probably on behalf of everyone. I absolutely will. I absolutely will. But I will tell you that it is their privilege every day and they all work so hard. I'm just the cook basically, but they all work so hard at their jobs. It means so much to them. Even during this time when they're not at the office, I hear them all the time talking about how they can do more and be more. And they are not alone. There are so many people in Washington, DC who work so hard for the American people all over the country. And I don't say that to gain accolades for them. I say that so that people know that they mean it, that they genuinely do it for the right reasons. And I, I, I hope that, you know, Alex, again, he, he hopes that people saw that on display, uh, you know, whenever we had the, the impeachment hearings, but also, you know, it would just be nice if we could educate people a little bit more. And that's really a passion of his a space that I think he, he will hope to work in to bridge that gap and tell people, you know, what, what does, what happens um, and how, why it's so important because it was an easy catchphrase that ca- caught on um, the whole drain the swamp thing. But um, it, in, in practice, it doesn't work that way. No. And if there's anything I can do to help in that effort, please let them know. I am available. Okay. I, uh, okay. I will let them know. I would love to do that. I only got 12 years in, but I got those, those 12 years mattered. So well, thank you. Uh, thank I, you for your service. I think any anyone who, you know, that's something for 12 years, that's pretty impressive. But um <laughs> You know, particularly it flies by in the yeah, government. Yeah, it flies it by in government it service. Right. You're like, That's oh, right. all of a sudden, my tenure pin, really? <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, if they need any Department of Veterans Affairs stuff, you just let okay. me know. Thank you so right. much, AG. And thanks for having me on again. And happy birthday. We got thank you a great you. gift. Thank I don't you. think we'll be able to talk this for a long time. So uh, enjoy <laughs> <No>. it. <laughs> thank you so much. And not for like a big birthday either, just 47. But <laughs> man, what an incredible gift. Thank you. Oh, mine, mine's coming up soon. Just a couple of months for me, actually, like literally two months from now. So, <laughs> well, yeah, I, we'll talk again, by hopefully before then. So, okay. All, all right. right. You have a wonderful rest of your inauguration day. Thank you, too. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. Hey, everybody, it's AG, and this portion of Daily Beans is brought to you by BetterHelp, which provides professional counseling to help you navigate life's challenges. Uh, We all face difficulties and stresses in life, but the important thing to remember is that you don't have to face these challenges alone. So if you're struggling with anything that's preventing you from living your happiest life, I recommend BetterHelp. It's not a crisis line or self-help. It's professional licensed counseling done securely online. They'll assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, and you can start communicating in under 24 hours. As you know, I've struggled with PTSD and anxiety, and I know how important it is to seek help rather than to try to face it alone. And BetterHelp services are available for clients worldwide. They have a broad range of experts in their counselor network, a lot of which might not be locally available in your area. But the thing about BetterHelp is you can log into your account anytime from anywhere and send a message to your counselor and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. Um, BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, too, so they make it easy and free to change your counselor if you need to. And it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aids available. So visit their website and read their testimonials, like this one by a BetterHelp user, CA, who says, Stephanie is excellent in her job, so easy to share with. I wish I had started counseling earlier, and I'm looking forward to the growth that I'll have from working with her in the next few months. 
So visit BetterHelp.com slash Daily Beans. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. And you can join the over 800,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Special offer for Daily Beans listeners. You get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Daily Beans. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. All right, we have a listener good news, and uh, on top of all of the other good news that we have today, and I'm going to kick this off. Uh, we have a submission from anonymous pronouns she and her, and this is actually a correction. Hi, Beans Queens. Been listening since the kitchen days. I love your show. Just a slight correction. General Piat's name is actually pronounced Pie Hot, not Pee Hot. Uh, oh, all right. My husband served under him back when we were both young things and is now very disappointed in him, unless he has a new wife um that he did than he did back then. I bet she is disappointed in him too. <laughs> because she took no shit. All right. Piot. Okay. Attached for pet tax are my four year old blue healers, Bonnie and Clyde. Cute. I love blue healers. And my eighteen year old cranky treadmill supervisor. Treadmill supervisor. Charlie. That's the cat. Thanks for keeping me a little bit sane during this MAGA shit show. Oh, treadmill supervisor. Hello. Oh, the babies. Oh, look at the healers. Hello. They're so happy. Happy dogs. So happy. All right. This next one's anonymous. Pronouns he and him. And this is a confession. Since March, my footwear has been bare flip-flops or golf shoes. I really like (laughs) golfing, even though I'm not very good at it. And I don't get to play that often. I have a job that I do, after all. It gives me a chance (laughs) to get outside and see my brother safely. It's not really even very expensive when you go to Muni courses and use some secondhand clubs. But God damn it, it's been embarrassing to say that I enjoy the same activity as 45. I would like to think we would have nothing in common. The country did part ways with 45 and so did the PGA. Maybe I can start to feel less shame. Yeah, don't don't blame golf. Don't drag golf into this. Um, it's it's 45 is a terrible person. Uh, Next up from Sherry, pronoun she and her. Happy birthday, AG. Thank you. For you, puppy kitty pictures. The poodles are Zeus, black, and Apollo, the gray-blue. And the kittens are the now eight-month-old Leonato and Antonio. (laughs) The tuxedo is Horatio, who is judgy. These are great names. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Keep going strong and have a glorious day. Look at the judgy tuxedo. Beautiful kitty. Aw. And then the kitty laying and sleeping on Zeus. Aww. It really is a beautiful cat. Thank you for those. Thank you for those pictures. And you know how I'm with cats, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness, my goodness. All right, this next one's from Mary, pronoun she and her. I just wanted to give a shout out to my friend Rose, who doesn't listen to the podcast, but who has been one of my best friends since our college days. Rose just celebrated her third work anniversary with her current company back in January 4th, 2021. She got a promotion and a pay raise in the last year, and she's really thriving in her current role. <laughs> I don't have any pet photos for the pet tax this week, but I just wanted to add that I just listened to the first episode of your Clean Up Aisle 45 podcast. I love it. Well done, Allison and Andrew. Thank you. Yeah, Clean Up on Aisle 45 started today. That's right. We did that. Such a brilliant name. Thank you. I'm glad that they liked it. I'm glad you guys like it. Um, next up from Jordan, pronouns he and him. Beans Queens, confession. Dana Goldberg can whisper sweet nothings into my ear anytime. <laughs> yes. And I am a homosexual man. <laughs> All right. For now, now Jordan, for now. 
<laughs> now that that's out of my system, a note of thanks. As a longtime listener of MSW and Daily Beans, I always look forward to AG's interviews. The caliber of guests is truly impressive, and I can't thank you enough for bringing career public servants on to help us through these dark times. One of my favorite guests, however, is Joyce Vance. She is a major badass, and I always get excited when she makes appearances on MSNBC, so you can only imagine my giddiness when she was on TV discussing the possible pardon of, wait for it, Lil Wayne. <laughs> There's something incredibly <laughs> hilarious about a no-nonsense former federal prosecutor even saying his name, let alone entertaining such a scenario. What a time to be alive. Anyway, thanks so much for all you do. Better days are ahead. I mean, there really is some comedy coming out of all of this. Yeah, and, and Trump did pardon Lil Wayne. We didn't talk about that earlier. We'll go over the whole pardons list tomorrow. We're, gonna, we're having a yeah. good day today. That sounds good. All right, we're going to continue the good news. This is from Becca, pronouns she and her. Hey, Beans Queens, thanks for keeping me sane throughout the election cycle and other nonsense. The mental boost from getting the needed hot notes, details, and some great laughs with my morning coffee instead of being glued to Twitter all day, dreading the next uh, bit of news is invaluable. So excited for the aisle 45 pod. Get ready for some good ending. Pod pet news. This past summer, my parents got a nutcase hurricane masquerading as a German short-haired pointer puppy named Ellie. Uh, <laughs> She's precious but completely cuckoo. She can uh, often be seen trampling on other people's heads, jumping clean over four stairs as if she expects to fly, or swinging by the mouth on the fig tree branches in the backyard. When excited, she wiggles her whole body so fast that Gwyneth Paltrow would surely try to harness the power into some sticker or crystal that makes her internal frequency vibrate at a different level <laughs> so you can find inner peace or orgasm or whatever <laughs> oh my goodness well come to find out the little menace broke out of her crate on sunday while my parents were out made a toy of my stepmom's pincushion, and swallowed a couple of sewing needles <gasps> yikes right oh no. fortunately the emergency vet they took her to was able to get all up in there to remove the needles before any damage was done She's right as rain and back to her rambunctious, wiggly self. Shout out to all the veterinarians out there for repairing impossible pets like ours. Sorry, no pictures of Ellie, but please enjoy our kitty and doggo. Aw, hi, Tabby. Oh, angry Tabby. Angry Tabby. Oh, look at this dog. Look at this dog. Doggo. <laughs> What's that, like a little terrier chihuahua mix? That's adorable. Yeah, it might even just be full chihuahua. Goodness, that's cute. So cute. All right, finally, from anonymous pronouns she and her, I have a confession. When I was in my teens, I was an active protester of the Vietnam War, which my brother served in with the Marines. We hated the establishment. We joined with our black brothers and sisters during the race riots and uprisings. My parents were hardcore Republican. That is until Nixon and, of course, four dead in O-H-I-O. And I have to confess, I was not paying attention when Obama won. I thought, yes, we are on our way to a female president, but no, not yet. I will never again take my eye off politics. I am on auto pay with the DNC and, of course, Daily Beans and MSW and clean up on aisle 45. I do have my priorities straight now. I am grateful for AG, DG, Jordan, Mandy, Amy, all the team that AG has organized around her with powerful, strong women and men. You, AG, have created a movement of consciousness that helps me to feel that the 60s have come full circle and we have found our tribes again. I honor you for assisting us in our collective effective actions. You have a gift here. I have never loved my country more than today. It's time for Biden and Harris to bring us home. No pics, just sending big love instead. Oh, thank you. That is very, very sweet. What a good note to end on. You did good, kid. You did good. I, I think about all the work I've done over the last four years. I think I've forgotten how many stages and how many millions of dollars I raised uh, fighting this horrible administration and, and 
it, it just sort of, I think that yesterday I felt like I couldn't move. You were feeling the same way. And today I just feel like I've been lifted up a little bit. Same. Could finally exhale and, um, I might enjoy a glass of champagne later and you might enjoy some of your uh, gifted tequila. And my my bestie brought me some cheesecake. Thank you, Joelle. Nice. I know. I'm so very excited. It's going to be a wonderful rest of this day. It's back to work tomorrow. but um, Indeed. Indeed. Everyone just enjoy this day because we all earned it. We did this. Mueller didn't do this. The Senate didn't do this. The House didn't do this. We did it. And... Uh, I, I just have to thank everyone for getting me a new president for my birthday. So anything, uh, any final words before we get out of here, Dana? No, I think we have said it all. Wishing everyone a beautiful, beautiful day and night. Same. And everyone sleep well and uh, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of your mental health and take care of the planet. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is directed, written, and hosted by executive producer Allison Gill and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Audio. Staff writers include Dana Goldberg, Amy Carrero, and Allison Gill. Our copy is written by Jesse Egan, and our marketing manager, executive assistant, and social media director is Kanai. Fact-checking and research by Allison Gill, Dana Goldberg, and Amy Carrero. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder of Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com. <laughs>